I wonder if this sounds familiar to you. You leave church on a Sunday morning and God has really challenged you through the preaching of the Word. And you're determined to change. And you say to yourself, this time I'm, I'm going I'm to be serious about growing in the Lord. This time I'm going to be serious about being faithful to pray and study the Word of God. This time. You ever said that? This time. You come to a revival and the Word is preached and your heart is stirred. and You say, Lord, this time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change. And this time lasts for a few days or a week, maybe even a few weeks. But this time didn't last. You ever been there? You, you didn't really see the kind of change that you wanted. Oh, that doesn't mean you weren't sincere at the time. But for some reason, it just didn't stick. We know that true godliness is possible because we see people, we all know people that we admire because of their faithfulness, because of, of their godliness of life, because they just, in their spiritual life, they just seem to have it together. They walk closely with the Lord. They prayers like breathing. They love the Word of God. They talk about the Scripture all the time. They they don't hesitate to talk to other people about the faith. And we look at them and say, you know, this is these are the kind of people that that God wants us all to be. And there are people like that do exist. We we know that's possible. That godliness is real. I think. Part of the problem is what we want is instant godliness. We, we want godliness that God's just going to zap us and we're going to be godly all of a sudden. Now, I'm going to read you something Jay Adams said. We want somebody to give us three easy steps to godliness and we'll take those next Friday and be godly. The trouble is godliness doesn't come that way. There are no three simple steps to godliness. There's not a pill you can take. There's no quick formula to become godly. You're not just going to wake up one day and be godly. Be the kind of person that you, you, you really want to be for Jesus. I want you to look in 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to look at just one verse today and really only just part of this one verse. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Stand and let's read God's Word together. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. Father in heaven, we ask you please to open your Word to us and open us to Your Word. 
We ask it for the glory of Christ. Amen. Be seated. This morning I want to focus on these words. In the English Standard Version that I'm reading from, it says, train yourself for godliness. Some versions say, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Exercise yourself toward godliness. It's going to your Bible is going to say something along those lines. And I'm going to be brief and to the point today. This is the thought I want to try to lodge in your mind and heart as firmly as I can. Discipline is the path to godliness. Discipline is the path to godliness. There's no instant godliness. You can buy instant oatmeal, instant macaroni and cheese, instant everything, but there's no such thing as instant godliness. You can't microwave it. It is a product of discipline. Paul says to young Timothy, the pastor, discipline yourself, train yourself for godliness. He goes on to say bodily training is of some value, but godliness is of value in every way because it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So I want to take a moment and talk about three things this morning. First, I want to talk about the purpose of godliness. Then I want to talk about um, the path to godliness. And then we're going to talk about the power for godliness. First, let's talk about the purpose of godliness. Let me, let me try to give you a definition of what it means to be godly. What is godliness? In a sense, becoming godly is having the image of God in you and I restored. Right? The, the image of God in us was marred by sin, was marred by the fall, and as we become more godly, we are beginning to look more and more like we should. We're beginning to reflect the image of God more and more. Basically, godliness is this. Godliness is thinking, doing, saying, and feeling what God would want you to. Thinking, doing, saying, feeling what God would want you to. It is, godliness is being like God, being like Jesus. My version says, train yourself for godliness. Some versions say, for the purpose of godliness. Literally, this is what it says, toward. Train or discipline yourself toward godliness. What does that mean? It, it means to be oriented toward godliness. To be structured, to be set up, to be organized with toward the goal of godliness. Does that make sense? Structure your life so that it aims toward godliness. Set up your life. Organize your life so that it's pointing toward godliness. Discipline yourself in the direction of godliness. So what you and I are after as Christians 
is a life that is oriented toward being like God. Most of you are familiar with 2 Corinthians 5.17. Those who are in Christ are a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. What that means is, when you come to Christ, you receive the Spirit of God on the inside of you. The Spirit of God orients you toward holiness, toward godliness. The Holy Spirit begins to put a new focus toward the things of God in your life. What the Holy Spirit does is give you an inward orientation. In other words, when you get saved, when you genuinely become born again, when you receive the Spirit of God, He's going to begin to change your desires. In other words, you're going to want to be godly. You're going to want to leave your old sinful life and want to be more like Christ. It doesn't happen automatically. But the Spirit of God is beginning to give you the inward orientation to want to move toward being more like Christ. What we're seeking is for that inward orientation to begin to show up on the outside. Are you with me? We want to orient ourselves on the outside toward godliness the same way the Spirit is beginning to turn us on the inside toward godliness. An example would be the Lord Jesus. He always said what the Father desired Him to say. John chapter 12 verse 50. What I say, I say as the Father has told me. He always did what the Father desired. John chapter 8, verse 29. I always do what pleases Him. That's the way Jesus was. Not only on the inside was He oriented toward godliness, on the outside His life manifested godliness. That's what we're after. We want to have an inward orientation toward godliness and an outward manifestation of godliness. So, so that's the purpose of godliness. To be oriented toward godliness in our life. To be moving toward godliness in our life. For everything in our life to be structured and set up so that we are aimed toward becoming more like our Savior. That's the purpose of godliness. Let me talk to you now about the path of godliness or the path to godliness. Train yourself for godliness. Some versions say discipline yourself for godliness. I think the King James might say exercise yourself unto godliness. The word, whether it's train or exercise or discipline, it comes from the Greek word that sounds like gymnasium. It's a word from athletics. And it literally means to exercise or train or discipline. And what it points to is work. Sustained effort daily. Just like to become an athlete, right? To become a star athlete, it takes daily work, disciplining yourself, learning the skills, practicing the skills. You're not born 
able to do the things Michael Jordan could do. Yes, he was naturally gifted, but he was also cut from his ninth grade basketball team. As hard as that is to believe. But when you watched him at the prime of his career in 88 and 89, it just seemed so effortless. He amassed statistics that no basketball player has ever touched. And he, he, you watch him and it just, it just seems like he, he didn't even have to think about it. He just, he just went out and he performed at a level above anyone. How in the world could he do those things so naturally, so gracefully, so seemingly without effort? Years and years and years of disciplined training. Yes, natural talent. But he was extremely disciplined in his life. That's how he got to be to the level he did because his whole life, his entire life was structured, was organized toward being the best basketball player he could be. His schedule every day was oriented toward that. The way he ate, what he did in his free time. Everything about his life had the goal of being the best at what he did. And he was, and in my opinion, still is. Working day by day until what he was doing just became natural. It became second nature. Listen, that's what discipline does. Discipline is daily working towards something until you get to the place that it's just second nature. You just do it naturally. Let me give you an example. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13. This is what it says. Everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Solid food, which is the deep things of God, sound doctrine. That is for people who are spiritually mature. How did they get spiritually mature? They were trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Trained by constant use of the scripture, the spiritual disciplines. So they got to the place where they could discern what the will of God was. They could discern what right from wrong was. They were sound in the word of God. That godliness was there. Why? Because they had been trained constantly through the word of God and the spiritual disciplines. Listen, you have the capacity to develop habits. Some people think, well, I'm just, you know, I don't have the, I'm not able to discipline myself. Sure you are. Sure you are. How many of you brush your teeth every day? How many of you do it generally the same way? I take my toothbrush. I take the toothpaste. I always squeeze it from the bottom. And it irritates me if you don't. I squeeze it if you're using my toothpaste and you squeeze it in the middle, I'm going to fuss at you. I squeeze my toothpaste from the bottom, I put it on my brush, 
I take my brush with the toothpaste on it, I dip it in my little cup of water, and I brush my teeth. This side bottom, that side bottom. This side top, that side top. Front on this side, back to the middle. Front on this side, back to the middle. Do I think? Never. Never think about it. Matter of fact, when I was preparing this sermon, I had to think about how I do it so I could use it for an illustration. You just, you've just done it so much, it's second nature. You do it, you don't think about it. That's a habit. You have the capacity to develop habits. When you get in the car to drive somewhere, you know how when you first started driving, you had to think about everything. Okay, 10 and 2. Okay, put on the seatbelt. Crank the car. Put your foot on the brake. Right? Crank the car. Put it in gear. And you had to you think about all that stuff. Do you still do that? No. I mean, the 10 and 2 went out the window as soon as you passed your driving test. But you, you just, you've just done it so much, you don't think about it. Second nature. At first, you had to think about it, didn't you? Yeah, you had to think about it. But you don't anymore. You've done it so much, it's second nature. Those are habits. The point is, you have the capacity to develop habits in your life. When he says, discipline yourself for godliness, train yourself for godliness, he just simply means... We practice those spiritual disciplines until they become second nature. Just like the other habits you have in your life. How, how do those old ways, the ways of the old person, how do they get replaced by the, the new ways, the ways of the person God wants you to be? How does the old way of talking get replaced with the new way of talking? How does the old way of thinking get replaced with a new way of thinking? How does the old way of acting get replaced with a new way of acting? How do those old feelings and emotions get replaced by new feelings and emotions? They happen as one by one through discipline, those old habits are replaced by new habits. As you replace the old habits with new habits, you find you begin to speak differently. As you replace the old habits with new habits, you find you begin to act differently. You find you begin to think differently. You find over time, as you those habits become second nature, you find you even begin to feel differently. But the problem is, it takes endurance. The problem is, it takes patience. Like learning to skate. How many of you remember when you learned to roller skate? You did not learn to roller skate without bruising your behind a time or two. I mean, that's, that's just the way it works. Right? You, you, you're going to fall some. It takes time before you get where you can do that and stay on your feet and you, you feel comfortable. But look, when you fall down, if you quit when you fall down, you're never going to learn. You're never going to get there if you fall down and it upsets you so you quit. Like learn to play the piano. You got to learn to play the scales. You got to learn what notes are well on the piano. If every time you get frustrated because it's not easy, you quit, you're never going to learn. 
Here's the problem with the spiritual disciplines. Here's the problem we all have with the spiritual disciplines. The first time you don't feel like doing it, you don't. The first time it's not easy, you quit. You don't have any endurance. You don't, you don't persevere in it long enough for it to become habit. Somebody said it takes about six weeks of doing something daily to, to begin to kind of form a habit in your life. But we don't stick with things long enough. This is what another quote by Jay Adams. Discipline means to continue to say no to yourself and say yes to Christ every day until one by one all of the old habits are replaced by new ones. In other words, there's no shortcut. You have to get up every day. And when what you really want to do is go turn on the TV, you say, no, I'm going to go to my quiet place and open the Bible and read and talk to God. Over time, you have to say no to self and yes to God enough times that those disciplines become second nature. You remember I told you there's no such thing as instant godliness? There's no such thing as instant godliness. Godliness is produced in you over time as you practice the spiritual disciplines. Let me just mention a few of the spiritual disciplines that have been, there's no exhaustive list, but let me just mention a few of the things that Christians have done through the centuries to, as part of our faith that discipline us, that orient us toward godliness. Worship, public and private, Bible intake, listening to the word preached, reading it, meditating it, studying it, obeying it, prayer, fasting, which has become a lost art, stewardship, which is giving, serving, solitude. All of these things are different disciplines that Christians have practiced through the centuries. It's implementing these things in your life, letting these habits replace some of your old habits. When these things become part of your daily life, they become ingrained in you, they become second nature to you. That's when the way you think begins to be altered. That's when the way you act begins to be altered. That's when the way you feel begins to be altered. When those old habits get replaced by the spiritual disciplines. When you say no to yourself long enough and say yes to Christ long enough, that it becomes second nature to do the things of God. And you're going to see over time that changes you. Now there's another part to this we need to talk about. We need to talk about the power for godliness. We talked about the purpose of godliness and the path to godliness. Now we need to talk about the power for godliness. I want you to turn to another scripture I just want you to look at for just a minute. Um, I want you to look at Philippians chapter 2. Turn back in your Bible to Philippians chapter 2.
This is a very important verse for this discussion. Philippians chapter 2. I want to look at verses 12 and 13. Therefore, my, love, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. Now watch this. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. This is what he says. Work out your salvation. He didn't say work for your salvation. He said work out your salvation. What does that mean? It means discipline yourself to become more like Jesus. Work toward becoming more like Jesus. Why? What's the grounds of that command? For it is God who works in you to will and to work for His good pleasure. In other words, the reason you can work toward becoming more like Jesus is because God is on the inside of you giving you the desire and the ability to accomplish that. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. The power for godliness is the Holy Spirit. Your efforts alone will never produce godliness. Just walk, just going through the motions of reading your Bible every day apart from the Spirit of God in you. Just coming to sit in church on Sunday apart from the Spirit of God in you. Just having some religious habits apart from the work of the Spirit of God in you is not going to make you more godly. It may make you more religious, but it's not going to make you more Christ-like. Listen, hear what I'm saying to you. The Holy Spirit alone can produce godliness. You must put forth effort. You must, listen, discipline yourself toward godliness. Discipline yourself toward godliness. What's that mean? I mean, can't nobody else do it for you. You got to do it yourself. But your effort is motivated by and empowered by the Spirit of God. You understand? Your effort is motivated by and empowered by the Spirit of God. That's what makes, that's why you're able to put forth effort and it brings fruit. It's the Spirit of God that takes your efforts and brings forth fruit. Let me try to give you an illustration. Okay. You can go out and get in your car. Say you want to drive to the store. If you just go sit in your car and do nothing, what's going to happen? Nothing. But if you crank the key, put it in gear, press on the gas, it'll take you somewhere. Now, what, what's the power that took you to the store? The car. But you had to do something. You with me? You could go sit in a broken car and put the key in and turn it and press on the gas and put it in gear and it ain't going to do nothing. In other words, your efforts by themselves don't do anything. But when you combine your effort with the Spirit of God's power, then you get somewhere. Are you following me? 
You can't do it without the Holy Spirit of God and He won't do it without you. If you're waiting just to wake up one day and be godly, it is never going to happen. If you will not discipline yourself toward godliness, if you will discipline yourself, the Spirit of God will take your efforts. If you have the Spirit of God, if you're truly saved, truly born again, He will take your efforts and He will use them. And over time, not tomorrow, not next week, but over time, as these habits become ingrained in your life, you'll see godliness begin to show up. Your thoughts will begin to change. Your words, your actions, your feelings will begin to change to become more like Christ. Listen, the application for this message is exactly what the Scripture says. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. That means you have to learn and practice the spiritual disciplines until they become second nature. I know praying is not the easiest thing in the world. I know meditating on Scripture is not maybe the easiest thing in the world for some of you. But if you've been coming on Wednesday night, you've been learning how to pray the last five or six weeks. I've taught much on helping you to pray. And this coming Wednesday night, we're going to continue talking to you about a method you can use to spend time in God's Word that'll help you. Listen, if you'll come on Wednesday night, I'm going to teach you how to practice the spiritual disciplines. But I can't give you the want to. I can't give you the want to. I can't give you a heart that wants to be more like Jesus. Now you may be thinking, well, you know, I'm just too old to develop new habits. Baloney. Baloney. Moses didn't even start his ministry till he was 80 years old. He didn't even start his ministry till he was 80 years old. You're not too old to learn new habits. You may be too old to want to, but you're not too old to do it if you've got a heart to. And I pray that God would give you the heart that wants to be more like Jesus. Listen, try to get this. Godliness is the product of Holy Spirit-empowered discipline in the things of God. It's that simple. Godliness is the product of Holy Spirit-empowered discipline in the things of God. Let's pray.